0: So, uh, are, are we recording now or? Oh yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> just want to make sure before I start launching into things. No,
1: no, no, out. no. Please, please launch into by all means. I mean, <clears throat> I would normally do like the intro blurb and stuff like that, but I can add that in post. You know, we we have a limited time, so okay. best to just start talking. And whatever doesn't need to be said right now, I can add on Tuesday. Okay. Well hello there, Scouting Stuff listeners. And welcome to another episode of Scouting Stuff. You should know this is episode 57. And you've got two of us tonight. You've got myself, Scouter Ken. And joining us again for the first time in a while, you've got Scouter Brian.
0: Hey. Long time.
1: Yeah, it has been a while. Uh not for not for lack of a few attempts, but then everything just seems to fall through. Yeah. It's almost like I went and had another kid and what little time I had left has just been like completely thrown out the window.
0: It's like you're Catholic or something.
1: Well, that too. But uh, yeah, it's it's been wonderful and amazing at just how much time I no longer have. I can only imagine. I only have one. <laughs> so, but this is good. Glad to uh, Glad to be able to catch up with you. And we've been... Um, th- this is actually a really good opportunity to do that because there's been a topic that you've really wanted to dive into, as I recall, um, near and dear to your own. Well, cause the jamboree is happening in the U S isn't it?
0: Yes. The world jamboree is happening at the, uh, summit, which is the same place where the national jamboree is held. Um, and a lot of people think it's being hosted by therefore, uh, which is, Makes sense. I think it's being hosted by the U.S. It's actually being hosted by North America.
1: Yeah, it's a joint, uh, a joint planning thing between U.S., Canada, and I think Mexico's in on the action too, right?
0: Yep. Yep. Because kind of like the closing of the Olympic ceremony when they, you know, the handoff to uh, the next Olympic city, they kind of did a similar thing. They came out and did a big pitch, you know, and – um uh, f- they You know, they had scouts from Scouts Canada, BSA, and uh, Mexico come out and do a thing. And they had a video and whatnot about, you know, um, North America wel- welcoming the world to the world jamboree. So.
1: Well, you know, there's just something fitting, I guess, about having some international, granted on-continent, but still international collaboration to realize an international scouting event. There's, there's a certain poetic symbolism to that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, um, well, the first thing I want to talk about really was – um, since the world jamboree is happening at the summit is to talk a little bit about the site, the summit. Yeah. It's actually called the um, summit Bechtel reserve hmm. um, because it was donated by the Bechtel family. Some people may have heard of the Bechtel mining corporation or the mining company. or whatever. Oh,
1: okay. I know, I know Bechtel. F-
0: yeah. Bechtel. Well, they, their current CEO, I think it's actually still a, privately owned company a, more or less a family company the current ceo who's a member of the baikal family is like a third generation eagle scout
1: oh wow nice <laughs> so
0: yeah they i mean obviously the 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 family is very into scouting and they donated a huge piece of land that it, it actually it used to be uh, a coal mine and i got to tell you it's the best re repurposing of a former mine i've ever seen because you would, looking at it and being there, you would never guess there were ever any mining operations there. It's beautiful.
1: You know, I would believe uh, that. I mean, just having worked in different bits of industry segment in Alberta um, and seeing some of the reclamation efforts that have been done on coal mines here and on like oil sands development here, it's, it is. It's it's nothing short of amazing what they can do to, to bring the land back.
0: It really is. And um, so this Bechtel fellow um, – partnered up with a bunch of his wealthy scouter friends including rex tillerson who is the current secretary of state of the united states but at wow. the time yeah at the time he was the uh uh president and ceo of exxon Mobil. and yeah. um he's an eagle scout and the guy who was the ceo of at&t eagle scout <laughs> um and trend they, yeah and they uh, they all donated uh, both privately and their, their respective corporations and others donated um, hundreds of millions of dollars to make this place happen. And uh, it's really uh, quite, quite an amazing place. And they have pretty much anything that you can do in scouting, uh, at least during the summer. They do. They have. They offer, you know, at the Jamboree. Um, and, and there's and they're also embracing a lot of the newer activities like they have a BMX park actually they have two BMX parks oh. so for skateboarding and biking and and uh uh and then there's all the old traditional stuff right there's, uh, there's lots of uh water activities including some fun stuff like there was a, kind of like a a team uh water obstacle course kind of a thing oh wow uh and canoeing and boating and swimming and uh, rock climbing, climbing walls, obstacle yeah. courses, yeah, and um, shotgun. They they have more shotgun shooting stations, it was amazing. Um, as well as rifle shooting and pistol shooting and paintball. But my son well, that's right, BSA
1: there. gets to do those. Scouts Canada actually doesn't get to do uh, any of that.
0: Well, I mean, they don't get to play, they don't get to shoot paintballs at each other. My 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 son who's in. Very avid, passionate paintball player was really disappointed <laughs> they were fun that they were shooting them at targets, not at each other. <laughs> but wow. I had fun with it. <laughs> but to to me, the most amazing thing was um, being there. And so this is the national jamboree, just you know, last July. There were an estimated forty five thousand people there. That's big. Yeah, and um, it was nothing short of amazing having that many people you know and it was kind of uh for our scouts who had never been to uh something like philmont or something you know the the biggest thing they'd ever been to would have been like a summer camp and there's a few hundred kids there and uh, i don't know about scouts canada but it's not exactly the coolest thing in the world to be a scout here you know
1: it's yeah, it's something, kind of the same in that regard.
0: Yeah, and there's a stigma to it where it's like, ooh, you're a Boy Scout, you're a goody-goody 2 shoot kind of a guy.
1: Okay, maybe and not then, like that, but it's more just like there's like the the the, the sporty kids, the jocks, and then there's like yeah. the scouty kids, and they're not really the same demographic, you know?
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, we, we do have some sporting kids in our troop and, and, and whatnot, but in general, you're, you're right. But no, it, it is something that uh, most – Kids in high school, particularly, that would be grade eight through 12 for Canadian folk. Um, they um, they don't like to talk about the, in general, you know, they don't like to admit that they're in scouts because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, they don't, they don't want to put up with the, you know, people poking fun and whatnot, unless they're Eagle Scouts. And all of a sudden it's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, my, my son had that happen. some guys like you're a boy scout. And he's like, yeah, I'm an Eagle Scout. Oh, that's cool. But anyway, so you know, there's this kind of stigma attached to it, and then they go to a place where there's forty-five thousand scouts there. They're like, "Hey, we're not—you know—I'm not the only guy, or me and my—you know, thirty-five other guys in my troop aren't the only guys who, who do this." And there's fun stuff to do. So
1: it's a powerful experience. It really is. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh,
0: it was a once-in-a-lifetime, uh, you know, a event opportunity for sure, um, and. The thing that really um, got me was every scout and my troop sent a lot. There are a lot of young men and in our, in our, in our boys, whatever, in our troop who went. Like there's twelve or thirteen of them, and they came back and they all just went on and on and on about what an amazing time they had, how much fun it was, and you know how they want they, they all want to go to the World Jamboree now. <laughs> <laughs> my son was like, "I think I'm going to go to the World Jamboree." I was like, "Well, figure out a way to pay for it because I'm not."
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> That's the main <laughs> thing is there's a much higher associated cost with going to uh, a WJ versus uh, a national.
0: But I mean, like, I can totally relate was to that expensive. experience. I'm oh, sorry, do what? Um,
1: sorry, I was going to say I was just, I can totally like relate to that experience, you know, having gone to, um, I don't know. Do, do you have like state level jamborees too? No. Okay. Because no. like one thing we do in, I don't know if this is true of every Canadian province, but certainly in Alberta, we do every few years have like an, uh, a provincial jamboree. Oh, that's cool. So that's not bad. And I mean, you're not going to get 45,000 people out there, but you're going to get, you know, you're going to get in the thousands for sure. And then of course, Canadian Jamboree and uh, the World Jamboree. And I've been to at least one of each of those. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've been an offer of service for an Alberta Jamboree and then the World Jamboree. And yeah, I mean, it's funny because like, you know, in a way, it's a one-of-a-kind experience, and in a way, it's like the experience of the Canadian Jamboree is like all of the exhilaration of the Alberta Jamboree, but magnified by like a factor of 10. And then right. the world Jamboree is all of the exhilaration of the Canadian Jamboree, but magnified by a factor of like, I don't know, 100 or something like that, right? It's just, yeah. you know, it gets progressively more amazing the more and more scouts there are in a place. But you hit it, I think, exactly on the head when you said, you know, like, it's awesome to have that experience of going to these events and realizing, Hey, I'm not the only funny kid who does this stuff. Like this is okay. This is cool.
0: Yeah. And there was also an international element to it because even though it was our national jamboree, um, there were like 40 different countries that had scouts there. Wow. Uh, And most of them were just a handful uh, but there were some uh, places where they were like Taiwan. Taiwan uh, had like 20 scouts there, huh. and Korea had close to 30. Now the Korea they had as many people there because they were actually campaigning for the next World Jamboree. Ah, so, so it's it's down between Poland and Korea. Fair enough. And uh, so they were they were doing a big uh, campaign push, um, and and so they have so they have the the reserve. Um, divided up into sub camps, and each subcamp is thousands of people, and it's Alpha through Foxtrot, and um, straightforward. Yeah, and Foxtrot was reserved for the Venturers, which is uh, it's for those who are not familiar with the Venturers. So you know you have um,
1: Cub but Scouts. I mean, be familiar with the BSA implementation of it, because like Venturer right. scouting yes. is pretty common, but how BSA does it is a tad different. Right. Yeah. Um
0: it's uh for uh scouts fourteen to twenty one and it's co-ed. Well all of BSA is going to be co-ed soon. Um but um it's co ed and but it's it's not like once you're fourteen you automatically go into venturing. Um scouts can go into venturing or not or do both. Like my son has uh ever since he's been fourteen has been part of our Troop 158 and Venture Crew 158. He does both. But uh, so uh, Fox Trot Camp was reserved for the Venture Scouts and the International Scouts. Ah, so um, that's it, where the it party was. Kind was. Of cool. Do I?
1: That's where the party was.
0: Well, yeah, I <laughs> in fact was, and it was really cool. Um, so the way they handle it for the National Jamboree, and I think they, at least BSA is going to handle it similarly for World, is um, each council has certain number of units that they create, kind of contingent units. So it's not like everybody in our troop just went together as our troop. Um, you sign up through your council, and then the council creates Jamboree troops and, and, and a Jamboree crew. Huh. And then they just kind of get divided up, and the adults have to apply to go and get interviewed and 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 whatnot. And um, I, I guess it helped that I knew some people on the council uh, interview staff because I got picked to go. Um, and so then you're they create these jamboree troops. So we were troop forty seven twenty nine. I think our number was and one of the other I, I was an assistant scout master for that and uh, one of our other assistant scout masters uh is from norway i mean as in born and raised there and he came here to come to college and stayed here and his uh r- a really great guy named stola bjordal um and so stola grew up in scouting in norway which was cool and he'd been to some Nor- Nor- uh, Norwegian jamborees and some Swedish jamborees. And, and, and uh, I think they actually do a Euro jamboree there, too. Um, so he knew to bring a whole bunch of different and, and uh, neckerchiefs.
1: Oh, yeah. Because
0: um, while the scouts are all running on trading patches, all the, the, the BSA scouts, uh, the internationals are swapping neckerchiefs. Yep. See, I didn't. I was ignorant of this. I didn't know this, or I would have brought a bunch of different neckerchiefs. So Stoll and I go up to Foxtrot Camp, and it was it was amazing. It was like going to it was like some big international bazaar because there's people from countries from all over, and they're everybody's walking around and they're trading patches and they're trading neckerchiefs and there's just different languages being spoken all over the place. And then the Koreans came by and they're all in this traditional Korean dress, handing out campaign stuff essentially for Korea uh twenty twenty three World Jamboree. Um and it was a really cool experience. And I just wish I had known to bring extra neckerchiefs to swap with the internationals because I would have done so. Ah. Um, and it's also interesting talking to some of our female venture scouts and they were like, yeah, you gotta watch out for the uh for the Irish guys. They they're real flirty. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, they, yes, they are.
0: But, um, and like we were at the shotgun range, uh, shooting area and there were these guys from Kuwait. There was like six of them that came over from Kuwait oh, and, nice. uh, they were having a grand time cause they never, never gotten to hold, a, or, or use a firearm before. And they just thought it was the coolest thing. And, you know, we're shooting skeet clay pigeons and, um, uh, gosh, we ran into people from Colombia and, uh, Taiwan, like I said, and Japan and Korea and Great Britain and yeah, just all over. And Canada. There were there were a pretty big contingency from Canada, which kind of surprised me. I figured most of the Canadians would just would wait another couple of years and come to the World Jam it's being co-hosted by uh, Canada.
1: No, nah, no, nah, we'll come to everything.
0: <laughs> so, and uh, it also made me feel really stupid because uh, being Norwegian, Stola speaks like every germanic language under the sun you know so he's walking around talking to the swedes and the norwegians and the germans and the danes and i'm just like going hi
1: (laughs) you know that's the thing just kind of generally in europe right like you're going to find multilingual fluent people in europe a lot more than you're going to find it here
0: yeah it depends on where you are i mean france and italy not so much but you get to like germany and switzerland and austria and and the the more nordic countries and they all speak like eight languages it's crazy
1: yep but yeah i mean your, your experience there sort of mirrors, I remember being surprised when I was at, and I was a participant at Canadian Jamboree 97, but uh, like there were BSA troops, Mexican troops. I remember at like the closing ceremony, this one Chilean troop got up on stage and they just, you know, started leading the crowd and a very simple song. just, ole, 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 Chile, Chile, hola, 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 Canada, Canada, and Repeated that for like five minutes, but by the end everybody was singing it, right? And they're just like on stage, you know. So, um, um, yeah, it's it is kind of surprising because, yeah, you wouldn't think that, you know, oh hey, national jamboree, that there's going to be a huge international presence, but sometimes there can be because you know, for for troops that can, right? For for troops where they have the the financial resources to do so, I mean, the opportunity to, you know, yeah, sure, let's go to another country's Jamboree, why not? If they'll have us, let's go because, oops, that's going to be a heck of an experience regardless.
0: <laughs> it is. And one of our, um, one of the scouts that in my troop that went, he's also going to Philmont with us, uh, in a couple of months, he's, uh, trying to go back. He's, he's applied for and, and registered, I think, to go to the world Jamboree. So that'll be interesting to find out if he does indeed get to go. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and for anybody uh, south of uh, Canada, here in the States that's listening, a lot of people, you know, they hear the price tag and they go, it was $2,500 per person, per participant.
1: That ain't bad.
0: And people go, oh my gosh, that's so expensive. And go, well, wait a minute. Let's talk about what it includes. So, and keep in mind, that was our council's price. Each council had a different price because it depended on travel and whatnot. Sure, sure. So from Austin, um, it was $2,500, but that included round trip airfare from Austin to Washington, D.C., right? Which is half a country away. Um, it included two full days in D.C., where we toured around in an air conditioned coach and saw like <laughs> everything. Uh, I mean, every monument, every uh, memorial. Uh, we Went over to the White House and took pictures in front of the White House. We toured the Capitol. Um there one one full afternoon. They we they dropped us off at the front of the uh, Smithsonian Air and Space Museum and was like, okay, you know, the bus is going to pick us up at this other location in <laughs> four hours or whatever. You know, see as much as you can see or as little or whatever. And for people who don't know the Smithsonian, I, mean, I didn't realize this until we went there. I didn't realize the Smithsonian's like. 18 different museums.
1: Yeah. It's more of a campus than a single building. And it's, it's gotten to the point where it's
0: all over Washington. It's yeah. I mean, most of it is in one kind of area, but, um, so we did that. So anyway, it included all of that plus meals and a hotel in DC, right? Then the air conditioned coach ride five hours from DC to the Jamboree site in West Virginia. Um, and then two weeks at the Jamboree, everything included except for whatever, uh, you know, hats, belts, water bottles, the things that people souvenirs. always buy, stuff like that, souvenirs. And then, of course, your you're playing fair back. Oh, and two awesome bags. One, because, you know, you had to take all your stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I thought, you know, for, for everything that they're getting here, this is not bad. Of course, it was... Any of us who was going with their kid is 2500 a piece for both of us, you know. So it yeah, doubled it for me. But up. I thought it was well, well worth the cost, you know, very well worth it, it for the experience. The, uh, I mean, both my son and I had uh, a huge amount of fun. And, uh, of course, now he's looking back on it. He's going, ah, that was even more fun than I realized. You know, he was at the time. I thought it was just kind of like a big summer camp. but looking back on it now. And it was like you know, even more meaningful than that, I guess. And it's like, yeah, but you got something out of it because I've spent a lot of money on
1: it. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of groups do fundraise to try and offset the cost, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, you're still going to wind up having the participants or more likely their parents shell out a pretty significant, pretty hefty check. And that's just the realities of, you know, the the time involved and the gear involved and the travel involved. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you get there, you look around and you go, oh my gosh, this place is amazing. First of all, it's huge. And the amount of um, space that we actually use, I heard was like 12 or 13% of the actual site. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, you know, there was pretty much anything a scout can do during the summertime, except for mountain climbing, I guess is available there and to a degree there is mountain climbing there because they do have trails and and you're in the quote unquote mountains of West Virginia. They're not very tall there, but I mean, it's, it's some big hills, small mountains, I guess.
1: If there's um, rocky outcroppings, that's,
0: that's decent. Yeah. Enough. And there were bears there were some bears sighted <laughs> close enough. Yeah. So, you know, um, so there was all that. And, um, Again, being scouting, it was just kind of like, all right, you know, y'all have to figure out what you want to do and plan your day accordingly. Um, So we'd have guys buddying up and going, okay, we want to go do these zip lines or we're going to go shooting or we're going to go do the swimming thing or whatever. And they make plans to, um, uh, as soon as breakfast is over, you know, light out and, and, and go in groups. And they had the Jamboree app on their phones. It was the only scouting experience I've ever been to where people not only were allowed to have their phones, scouts, but were more or less required to have their phones.
1: That is interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, they had the Jamboree app and it would blast out, um, uh, you know, any important announcements, uh, weather bulletins. Um, announcements about, you know, this is happening over here or, or um, they could also see wait times at different things. You know, like if you wanted to go to the STEM area, they would, you know, there was, there's also an interactive map on it, showing you where everything was. So it was really cool. We also used an email blast system called Reminds to to let people know if something was going on, you know, or uh, if some (laughs) scouts were not back by dinner time, which everybody's required to be back by dinner time. You know, start shooting out emails. Hey, where are you? Kind of a thing because it's a big place. They even have buses running to certain areas, from, you know. Because if you're at Alpha and you're wanting to go shooting, which is over by Foxtrot, it's
1: it's, co- it's a couple of miles. Husband. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a couple of miles to hoof it over there. So you know, it was really cool. And then the president came to visit, so that all became really interesting, just because of all the security and everything. Uh, I saw more Black Hawk helicopters circling around that day than I ever thought I'd see in my life. You know, that's
1: interesting you know, that's because interesting like I remember, because at I remember at the World Jamboree, the World Jamboree we, had we had a visit, a from, visit from some from members of the, the of the royal family. Modest security, Modest security by, comparison. by
0: comparison. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, the security to go see the president was um, it was uh, much more intense than your average airport security. I'll tell you that. Mm. <laughs> but but it was cool. Logistically though, it was amazing that they got everybody, all 45,000 people um, out of their camps lined up. And we had to walk this very circuitous route to get to the stadium that, that one time, because, um, uh, you know, they had very limited entrance points. So they had have set up this secret service security points, but to get everybody out of their camps lined up, walked around over there through the security. And then once you got through, they were, there are had dinner there for everybody because trying to have everybody cook dinner in their campsites, wasn't going to work. So that was just like box sandwiches, chips, cookies, Coke, water, you know, and just handing out these meals to people <laughs> as they're going through all 45,000 people in there, probably in just a couple of hours. Jeez, geez. It was amazing logistics. Um, and the, the whole food setup was interesting too. The, um, How's that? How's that? So what they did, f- I, don't, I don't know what they did for, for meals in, in like the, the, the world jambo that you went to or Canadian jamborees, but, um, each sub camp had a grocery store, quote unquote.
1: That sounds like CJ.
0: Yeah. And, and that's probably where they got it. Um, because this was only the second jamboree at this site. It's, oh, it's quite wow. new. Yeah, it's quite new. Um, and so, you know, you could get online and arrange Kind of like, you know, well, this is what we think we're going to do for the meals. And everything was certain numbers of points. So we had the troop broken up into different patrols. And they would cycle between quartermaster, which meant you went and got the food for the day. Um, cooking patrol, which obviously meant that you cooked breakfast and dinner that day. And cleanup patrol and then off. Hmm. So the kids who were quartermastering uh, would have to wake up at an ungodly hour, uh, take a couple of wagons down there, and they'd walk down to the main part of the subcamp. And uh, we were in Delta, which was a great subcamp to be in because it was kind of in the middle. And they walked down there and they would uh, say, okay, we're going to do whatever for breakfast. Uh, um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but. Um, um, Pancakes. They had uh, pancakes and sausage and and uh, they would also grab all the stuff for lunch. Lunch was always grab and go because Lord knows where you're going to be, right? So right. they get up, all right. they, they get all the food and they bring it all back. And by the time they get back, the, the, the kids who are cooking should be awake and ready, right? Right. So they get the food back and then boom, the cooking patrol takes over and they start cooking the meal and before breakfast is ready, everybody's up and out and waiting, you know, then there's a quick prayer, quick grace, everybody eats. And then if you're quartermaster cooking or off, you take a you grab what you're going to take for lunch, throw it in your day bag and leave. Unfortunately, the kids who are in cleanup patrol at stay by stay behind and clean up. So they get a late start. And so while you're out during the day, you know you have your lunch. You eat your lunch wherever you want to eat your lunch because you know they may be on the other side of the site. Um, but everybody has to be back home for dinner. And again, the quartermaster kids have to be back earlier because they have to go get food for dinner, bring it back, so forth and so on. And it was it, it it worked out really well. I don't know if every council handled things like that. That's how our council did it. And so all of the uh, all of our units. And, well, the Boy Scout troops, anyway, were lined up right next to each other. Boom, 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 boom. So, you know, if guys like in our troop had friends in our troop, and well, in our regular troop, we had thirteen kids there. So, they were scattered amongst the four different uh, jamboree troops. They could hang out together and whatnot, and and so forth. So. Uh, th- that was another cool thing. So they already had, they had built in friends there. Even if, uh, you know, we were not in the same jambo troop, they could meet up and go do stuff together and patch trading. Oh my God. These kids get into patch trading. I'm sure you've seen patch trading at the jambos you've been to, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we had one kid he had no idea, no idea about patch trading. Um, and he showed up and he had just like, uh, one or two extra patches and he came home with dozens and dozens of, he apparently is quite the, uh, the trader whenever well, he's going to be a car salesman or something when he grows up.
1: Yeah. He's and, definitely and, not doing one-to-one. Uh, <laughs> one-to-one. <laughs> it was amazing.
0: And in fact, like on day two, he was in a different Jambo troop. He's in my troop and uh, my home troop on like day two, uh, day two or day three. I, I ran into him and I said, Hey Andy, how's it going? It's like, Oh, it's great. You have a big, huge smile. having so much fun. I said, so what'd you do yesterday? He goes, "Well, you're gonna be really disappointed in me." I said, "Why?" He goes, "Pretty much all I did was patch trading." I said, uh, <laughs> "Did you have a good time?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I had a great time." I said, "Did you get to meet people from all over?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." I said, "Well, then why would I be disappointed? You know, you're here to enjoy yourself." Um, and speaking much- of which, you know, everybody has different interests, right? You have a lot of kids who are really into the STEM stuff, you know, um, and they had a whole STEM adventure area. Set nice, out nice. Um, with all kinds of different uh, STEM activities and STEM classes. And, and uh, they also had a whole bunch of merit badge classes, which dumbfounded me. I was like, why would you go all the way to the world or national jamboree and work on a merit badge? But they had them
1: if anybody wanted to do it. <laughs> hey, you know what? Some people, <laughs> Some people really want to focus on that. Focus on
0: that. Yeah. And um, uh, oh, and there's two giant stage shows, right? So, in lieu of campfires, when for people when they think about you know going to a summer camp or Philmont or someplace like that, um, the uh, the first stage show, uh, let's see, they had a great motivational speaker whose name I can't remember, and uh, they, they you know they was hosted by scouts and they're doing all the the kind of Disney hokey you know. MC type stuff. But they had a motivational speaker, and then a band called. Uh, you may or may not be familiar with X Ambassadors. Um, I had heard one or two of their songs, but uh, my son and the rest of the scouts knew who they were because they freaked out. they were like, "Oh my god, X Ambassador!" Because it, it was a surprise who was going to be. So anyway, and, and there was like a flat out concert, right? And um, then for closing, again, similar kind of uh, um, setup, you know, where they had. Um, some, some cool stuff happening and, and a bunch of hokey MC stuff and then they had the the kids come out who from Canada U, BSA and Mexico to advertise the uh, the world Jambo um, motivational speaker and then a, another concert and then the best non-disney fireworks I've ever seen nice, um, nice. one heck of a fireworks show um, uh, outside of Disney world the best fireworks I think I've ever seen. <laughs> And I remember thinking, it's like, man, we're really getting our money's worth here. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, good. That's another thing when people talk about the expense. Like, well, yeah, we also, you know, they had uh, two uh, two concerts and fireworks and motivational speakers, and uh, and of course, being scouts, there's a day of service that's worked into it as well. So one day of the week, everybody there will get loaded onto a bus and taken somewhere outside of the site and do a day of service. Hmm. So and they said uh something crazy like over a hundred thousand hours of community service just from that jamboree. Um and that, that was also an educational thing. Um we went to a nearby high school and uh we were painting classrooms and uh doing some um uh, some demolition work. They had a sign that they didn't want anymore. We kind of demoed that and took. It. In fact, I look it up at a picture of my son and some other guys banging on it with a hammer. <laughs> um, um, my wife made a collage of jamboree picture. I'll show it to you. Um, but anyway, we went to this high school. Yeah, that's the collage that my wife made. Nice. Yeah. Um, you've been in the background there. We went to and. and a lot of these kids, uh, I mean, if if their parents can afford to send in the jamboree, obviously they're you know not poor. Although we did have an, a, a gentleman from the Austin area who unanimously donated enough money for twenty Scouts under uh, underprivileged Scouts to go to the jamboree hmm. at twenty five hundred dollars a pop. I mean, that's that's quite a donation. I, if I might
1: know who this individual is. Anyways, I
0: have no idea. My uh, no idea. Um, I'm sure his name's not Richard Garriott. I know that Uh, (laughs) not that Richard wouldn't donate money. It's just, he he's, he's in New York city now. True. Uh, But anyway, um, so we're at this high school and you can tell this is not an affluent area, right? It's a small school, it's run down and, some of the kids were were making fun of the, the you know, oh, man, this place is a dump, blah, blah, blah. And um, one of the kids that was saying that, I said, come here. And him and a couple of the other kids, and I walked them over, had them read a sign that was taped to a door. And it said for any seniors who cannot afford to have their senior pictures taken because their parents were laid off coal workers were laid off in the coal mines. Mm. You, know, you can get free pictures taking it, taken if you do uh, a day or X number of hours of community service, sign up at Mrs. So-and-so's office, blah, 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 blah. And I said, this is an area that's struggling because coal mines are getting shut down. People are out of work. They don't have money. You're fortunate enough that your parents could pay $2,500 to send you here let's you know let's knock off the uh the jokes about what a dump this place is and it was a sobering experience for them they were like oh my gosh you know because they've never had to deal with their parents getting laid off and not having money and and whatnot so that was a lesson unto itself
1: good lesson though yeah
0: yeah i think they got an inkling of uh, how fortunate they are and how well they have it um and uh, they tend to, and of course, they're kids. They're going to take stuff like this for granted. Um, it's just um, as they get older, I hope they look back on it and go, man, that was a really great experience. You know,
1: <laughs> you kind of hope that anybody who's walking away from a jamboree feels that way.
0: Yeah, I, I know my son really enjoyed himself. And, and like most people, especially most people his age, and he's 17 now. It takes them a little while to uh, kind of look back on it and go, that was really cool. That was really, you know, I really enjoyed that. Um, he had another kid in his theater class in high school who uh, is in scouting in a different troop. And um, my son, Trevor, has sewn some of the scouting patches onto his book bag because now he's an Eagle Scout. It's cool. You know, he can, he right, can right. fess up being a scout. <laughs> and the guy was like, man, you went to Philmont? And you went to Seabase? And you went to the Jamboree? And my son was like, yeah. And the guy was like, man, I'm about to go to one of those places. And, uh, some Trevor, my son was talking to him about it and, and he's like, cause I really realized, you know, how cool it was to be able to do all that stuff. I was like, yeah, you can say thanks dad anytime now. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, for anybody listening in Canada or the States or anywhere around the world, if you get an opportunity to go to the world jamboree in 2019, uh, I would say go and do it. The, uh, the summit's an amazing place. And, uh, uh, it's it's also cool if you get to kind of tour around Washington D.C. because you know getting to see any national capital is cool, um, and uh, you'll see scouts from all over the world and and that was one of the things the unexpected things that I took away that I really enjoyed was um, meeting and talking to scouts and adults both from the Middle East and Asia and other parts of North America and Europe and. Everywhere but Australia, but I know there were Australians there because some other people ran into a group of Aussies. Wow! Ah. Like, as far away as Australia, that's
1: that's, that's pretty impressive.
0: impressive. Yeah, that's a long ways off.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, well, shall uh, shall I let you go? Yeah, it's getting kind of late here, and I got to work in the morning. Yeah, me too. Early start as well. Well, thank you. I'm glad we were able to 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 do this, and I'll package this up into an episode for a little later this week. Awesome, cool.
0: Well, thank well, you, Brian. thanks. You bet. Take care. You have a good night. You too. Um, bye
1: bye. All right. Well, we have one shout out for this evening, and that goes out to Travis Normand. He sent us a lengthy email um, following up on our episode about Philmont and I'm not going to excerpt from the email here because you know he goes into quite a lot of detail about like his memories of the site and his experiences there and his impressions of it and so I think what I actually want to do is I'm going to reach out to him Travis I'm going to try and invite you on the podcast and you know maybe we'll do another episode about Philmont because you know it's a pretty storied place and it's interesting to get multiple perspectives on it Brian, as you know, he mentioned in the episode here is going back there uh, later this summer. So it'll be interesting to hear his, you know, impressions of a second visit to the site. But I think it would also be cool to, you know, hear your own impressions, Travis. Um, So we will arrange to get you on an episode at some point in the near future. But at the same time, thank you ever so much for writing in. I did really enjoy reading your story and um, I look forward to giving you the opportunity to share it with the listeners here. And as always, a shout out to Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide Scouting audience. If you are listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, please do consider subscribing to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and probably other services as well. Um, But yeah, definitely do consider subscribing to the podcast. And anybody listening to the podcast right now, do feel free to get in touch with us. Colin's not here to ask how you can do that, so I guess I'll just have to tell you. You can send us an email, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit scoutingstuffpodcast.com and leave us a voice message. There'll be a little link in the sidebar which pops out from the left-hand side of the page. You can also leave us a message or a review on Facebook, facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast. You can find us on Instagram, instagram.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast, or you can reach out to us, as Travis did, on Twitter, Twitter.com slash SSYSK podcast. Finally, again, please do consider leaving us a review on iTunes and just as good as that, share our content with your followers, your social media circles, your friends. It helps tremendously for you to signal boost our episodes, in effect. You know, we put our episodes out and there's a lot of people that follow our various social media presences and there's a lot of people that have already subscribed to the podcast and you know like we share the the podcast episodes to different Facebook groups and whatnot but by all means do consider sharing any of our episodes with your own social media circles because the more you do that the more people tune in the more people that we can reach at any rate thank you for listening and until next time be prepared